Life in the light, nucleic acid phosphoproperties as a legacy of chemical evolution. A review by Ashley Beckstead, Bernd Kohler and others. From Montana State University, Montana, USA and University of California, California, USA. Physical Chemistry Chemical Physics, 2016. Photophysical investigations of the canonical nucleobases that make up DNA and RNA during the past 15 years have revealed the excited states formed by the absorption of UV radiation decay with sub-picoseconds. Ultra-short lifetimes are a general property of absorbing sunscreen molecules, suggesting that the nucleobases are molecular survivors of a harsh UV environment, encoding the genome using phosphostable building blocks is an elegant solution to the treat of photochemical damage. Ultra-fast excited state deactivation strongly supports the hypothesis that UV radiation played a major role in shaping molecular inventories on the early Earth before the emergence of life and the subsequent development of a protective ozone shield. Here, we review the general physical and chemical principles that underlie the phosphostability or UV hardness of molecular nucleic acids and discuss the possible implications of these findings for prebiotic chemical evolution. In RNA and DNA strands, much longer-lived excited states are observed which at first glance appear to increase the risk of photochemistry. It is proposed that the dramatically different phosphoproperties that emerge from assemblies of phosphostable building blocks may explain the transition from a world of molecular survival to a world in which energy-rich excited electronic states were eventually tamed for biological purposes such as energy transduction, signaling, and repair of the genetic machinery. Introduction Today's biomolecules are thought to be descended from simple molecular building blocks that arose spontaneously on the ancient Earth or were delivered by comets or asteroids from chemical inventories present elsewhere in the early solar system. A period of chemical evolution may have shaped the progression from simple to complex molecules capable of fulfilling biological functions, but understanding the events that constitute the molecular origins of life is a grand challenge. Researchers seeking to identify the molecular ancestors of DNA frequently focus on the ease of synthesizing the nucleobases or their putative forerunners, from chemical compounds presumed to be present on the early Earth. UV radiation from the Sun is often invoked as an energy source that could have driven prebiotic chemical synthesis, but UV photons have sufficient energy to both make and break chemical bonds. This suggests that any prebiotic molecules present in abundance in a primordial soap may have been molecular survivors with a high degree of resistance to UV phospholysis. 
To date, there has been a great emphasis on the synthesis of prebiotic compounds that on their resistance to photodegradation. Mechanisms that can screen delicate organic molecules from harmful UV light have been frequently addressed in the origin of live literature. But this discussion has mostly ignored the intrinsic phosphor properties of the nuclear bases. The canonical bases, adenine, guanine, cytosine, thymine, and uracil, have ultra-short excited state lifetimes that protect from the UV damage. These properties are often not observed in even highly similar compounds generated by minor chemical modifications, as will be discussed in detail below. Because strong UV shielding or even UV-free environments would pose few restrictions on the kinds of chemistries they might develop, the remarkably high photostability of modern nucleic acids suggests a long history of interaction with UV radiation. This is important counter-argument to origin theories that postulate a start in UV-free environments such as those found at deep-sea vents. Rather than postulating prebiotic conditions, it may be possible to use the properties of today's nuclear bases to help constrain models of prebiotic chemistry. In fact, the selection of the components of the reproductive machinery cannot be the result of biological evolution, since such evolution requires the machinery to be in place to begin with. Therefore, it is reasonable to assume that any properties of the nuclear bases, including their photochemistry, predate the origin of life. In this perspective, we present the view that UV photostability, which refers to the ability of a photoexcited molecule to avoid photoproduct formation by returning to its electronic ground state, was a key molecular trait during prebiotic times. This property may have shaped organic chemical inventories and thus photostability and the chemical and structure factors that influence it may reveal new insights into early events that led to today's biochemical molecules. The need for photostability would have persisted throughout the whole period of chemical evolution and would have been especially important in the absence of sophisticated repair enzymes. Constructing polymers from photostable molecules makes use of more abundant building blocks in a primordial soup that is constantly processed by UV radiation. An important insight from studies of DNA strands is the entirely new excited state activation pathways as seen compared to monomeric nucleobases. Excited state behavior is far from additive and excited state dynamics change dramatically as structure complexity increases. These suggest a single molecular mechanism is unable to protect all molecular species that appeared along the path from simple aromatics to complex self-replicating oligomers. It also raises the question of whether varying degrees of UV robustness and assemblies of simpler building blocks could have exerted selection pressure that led to specific structure motifs. Because photochemical reactions require electronic excitation 
to complete avoidance of excited states appears to be an optimal strategy for avoiding further damage. However, the recognition mechanisms in life, as we know it, profit largely from the properties of rigid molecular building blocks, which typically include aromatic ring structures with unavoidable near-UV absorption. Furthermore, life, which constantly figures out how to make lemonade from lemons, manages, in later stages of evolution, to put excited states to work. How did nature eventually learn to use high-energy excited states while circumventing their dangers? Emerging understanding of excited states in DNA strands provides tantalizing suggestions as to how the phosphor properties of nucleobase assemblies may have led to new biological functions. According to the RNA world hypothesis, RNA, with its ability to store information and perform catalytic reactions, preceded DNA in proteins. The photoproperties of RNA and thus of greatest interest for experiments have shown that there are few differences between the behavior of individual RNA versus DNA bases. Even RNA and DNA polymers, despite their structural differences, are very similar in their photoproperties. For this reason, and because the bulk of experimental and computational work in this area is targeted DNA model systems, the description that follows focuses on DNA, but should be understood that similar behavior is either observed or expected in RNA. This article is organized as follows. In section 2, we discuss the advantages UV hardness would have conferred on prebiotic molecules in the context of some commonly discussed origin of life scenarios. Section 3 provides an overview of current understanding of excited state dynamics in DNA and nucleobase, monomers, and single and double stranded multimers. While deactivating potential reactive excited states is of paramount importance for photostability, Nature uses excited states to accomplish a variety of biological functions. Section 4 explores the hypothesis that the new excited state deactivation pathways that appear when nucleobases are joined in oligomers may have led to useful light-enabled functions. In particular, light-induced charge transfer seen in single and double-stranded nucleic acids may have been the basis for early photoredox activity. Finally, concluding remarks are given with suggestions for future research. UV hardness and prebiotic chemical environments In search for life beyond the Earth, attention is focused on exoplanets that orbit a star or star system at the proper distance to sustain surface temperatures suitable for liquid water. However, the requisite stellar radiation includes significant amounts of UV radiation which can initiate destructive photoreactions in the organic molecules that are the primary candidates for the building blocks of life. In particular, the P-bonds present in all but the simplest organic molecules 
absorb UV radiation efficiently and are vulnerable to photolysis. Environments exposed to UV radiation will thus profoundly influence the very nature and abundance of the molecular building blocks available for generating more complex prebiotic molecules. The nucleobases that make up DNA and RNA absorb UV wavelengths shorter than 300 nanometer very strongly, but the transmission of Earth's atmosphere today drastically reduces most of the damaging radiation. Ozone in the stratosphere is chiefly responsible for the complete attenuation of radiation below 280 nanometer and the roughly 25-fold reduction in UVB. Flux at Earth's surface compared to the top of the atmosphere. Atmospheric screening by the ozone layer attenuates but does not totally eliminate the DNA photodamage that can trigger mutation and cell death. For this reason, sustaining life on Earth today requires further interventions. Sun-exposed organisms rely on enzymes that repair photoinduced DNA damage and they rely on natural sunscreen molecules to reduce the flux of UV photons that can reach a DNA molecule inside a cell. Example, sunscreens include flavonoids in plants, melanin in humans, mycosporin-like amino acids in coral algae and phytoplankton, and the pigment skytoninin in cyanobacteria. However, the complex enzymes employed today for repair and the synthesis of sunscreening compounds would not have been available in an RNA world, much less in the world of prebiotic chemical evolution that preceded. Absent today's sophisticated enzymatic machinery, how did the nascent organic molecules that led to life persist and accumulate in the presence of UV radiation? To make things worse, the UV environment on the Earth appears to have been far less element between 3 and 4 billion years ago, when the earliest signs of life appear in the geological record. Although uncertainties in the composition of the early atmosphere and in the radiation, characteristics of the young sun complicate predictions, the predominant viewpoint is that UV radiation levels on Earth's surface were much higher anciently than today. Radiation at wavelengths shorter than 200 nanometers is likely to have been completely attenuated throughout the entire history of the Earth due to absorption by gases such as CO2 and N2. But UV transmission above 200 nanometer is thought to have been much greater than today. Evidence suggests that the ozone layer did not form until approximately 2GYA as a consequence of the Great Oxidation Event, GOE. Importantly, this fundamental change in the UV transmission of the atmosphere occurred long after the first appearance of living organisms and the prebiotic era that came before. Cockell has estimated that Archean era organisms living near the surface of the ocean were subject to DNA damage rates three orders of magnitude higher than today. 
extrapolating life's long history of interaction with UV with radiation into prebiotic time suggests that UV photochemistry would have profoundly influenced prebiotic chemical evolution. One possibility is that the organic chemistry that led to life began in UV-free or strongly UV-protected environments. This could include the cracks and pores of solid surfaces, or beneath sacrificial molecular layers, similar to modern microbial mats. Clay minerals also may have provided protection from sunlight prebiotic oceans another possible source of photoprotection. A sufficiently large water column can completely attenuate UV radiation allowing prebiotic chemistry to flourish at subsurface environments like deep sea hydrothermal vents. Sagan suggested the UV absorption purines and pyrimidines could have accumulated at the ocean surface providing a protective layer for less UV-robust molecules at greater depths. Later, Cleves and Miller suggested that sufficient quantities of organic molecules in the ancient oceans could have formed a UV shield capable of protecting chemical compounds present at depth of more than a few millimetres. Although a small penetration depth of UV light can benefit a living organism that can actively avoid the surface of the ocean, it would not protect prebiotic molecules that periodically visit the surface due to the fusion and mixing. It has also been suggested that today's nucleobases were preceded by alternative aromatic compounds with reduced UV absorption. An example, a five-membered ring molecule with maximum UV absorption at shorter wavelengths than the modern nucleobases. Such molecules, which have been synthesized under simulated prebiotic conditions, would have increased UV hardness under an atmosphere with a shorter wavelength cutoff. In our view, the photo properties of the modern nucleobases offer an alternative to the need for UV-protected environments or precursor with reduced UV absorption. The canonical nucleobases found in RNA-DNA behave as UV sunscreens that frustrate UV photochemistry, as will be described in more detail in the next section. For a molecule to be an effective sunscreen, it must absorb damaging radiation strongly and safely dissipate the absorbed energy before photochemical reactions can take place. The canonical nucleobases are particularly efficient sunscreens in the very wavelength region of increased UV flux of the early Earth. Restricting life to apothic regions of a planet eliminates the opportunity to derive energy directly from an abundant energy source. This may have been relevant in the past just as life today depends on harnessing the electronic transitions induced primarily by UV and visible radiation to create complex chemical fluids via photosynthesis. Lower energy radiation can heat molecules and higher energy radiation can ionize them, but the valence electronic transitions necessary for photosynthesis are driven 
by radiation that extends approximately from the near UV to the near IR. Modern life copes with the threat of photochemical destruction in exchange for the many advantages provided by controlled photochemical reactions. For the properties of the nucleobases, which frequently differ sharply from those of even very similar compounds, suggest that they are molecular survivors of harsh UV conditions in the ancient past. If life originated in fully UV-protected environments, UV selection pressure vanishes and less UV hardly building blocks could just as easily have been precursor of the first self-replicating polymers. Moving prebiotic chemical evolution into the dark eliminates photochemical damage but begs the question of how and when a transition to light exposed environments took place. In contrast, starting life in the light is an attractive possibility that leads to UV hardly molecules that avoid photo damage without losing the ability to support chemistry driven by longer wavelength photons. High rates of non-radiative decay maximize DNA photostability. Interest in nucleobase photophysics springs from the desire to understand photochemical damage in modern-day DNA and RNA. UV-induced lesions such as cyclobutane pyrimidine dimers and 6,4 adducts are formed in DNA and RNA in low quantum yields that rarely exceed 1%. Photophysical investigations have helped to explain the low quantum yields. The key events take place after molecule absorbs a photon and reaches an excited electron state. Transitions between electronic states can be understood with potential energy transfer PES diagrams. The exceeds energy provided by a UV photon promotes a molecule from its ground state S0 to an excited electronic state. Over time, the system moves out of the initially excited of Frank Condon FC region and eventually returns to S0 via any of several competing pathways. The activation may occur via radiative or non-radiative transitions. Radiative decay occurs by the emission of a photon either as fluorescence S1 to S0 or phosphorescence T1 to S0. Radiative decay in organic molecules occurs with rates that rarely exceed 10 to the power of 9 S minus 1. This is slow compared to the time of most photoreactions, with the result that non-radiative decay is essential for maximizing photostability. Non-radiative decay pathways that do not immediately result in chemical modifications include internal conversion. IC and intersystem crossing ISC. If these pathways return the molecule to the electronic ground state, then the electronic excitation is effectively converted to heat that can be dissipated safely to the environment. 
The excited state, PES, determines the available non-radiative pathway. In figure 4a, for example, a physical barrier on the S1 surface constrains the excited molecule to a well S1 min, frustrating non-radiative decay. On the other hand, in figure 4b, the S1 surface is barrierless in the region shown, and emission is unable to compete with passage to a lower PES by a canonical intersection. Low fluorescence quantum yields are a consequence of short excited state lifetimes. However, low fluorescence may also indicate the tapping of an excited state in a dark excited state, such as a triplet state or singlet and B star state. High rates of non-radiative decay are responsible for the ultra-short excited state lifetimes observed in the canonical nucleobases, which suppress the quantum yields for photochemical damage. There are further advantages to ultra-short lifetimes, even if a molecule is stable against a unimolecular excited state reaction. A long excited state lifetime may allow it to diffusively encounter another molecule and undergo a biomolecular reaction. This pathway is facilitated by long lifetimes. Triplet states can have MS lifetimes in solution and molecularly crowded environments. Long lifetimes also increase the opportunity for energy transfer to molecules with lower lying excited states possibly funneling energy to a vulnerable site. Non-radiative decay in nucleobase monomers The canonical nucleobase monomers are very poor fluorophores, with fluorescence quantum yields on the order of 10 to the power of minus 4 to 10 to the power of minus 5 in aqueous solution at room temperature, indicating that the vast majority of excited states decay non-radiatively. Femtosecond transient absorption FSTA experiments revealed that the lowest single excited states, S1 lifetimes of nucleobase monomers, are on the order of hundreds of femtoseconds in aqueous solution. For canonical purines, nearly all excited states return to the ground state by ultrafast internal conversion UIC. Few, if any, excited state molecules are trapped in the optically dark NP star state or the lowest triple state or undergo photochemical reactions such as deprotonation or ejection of an electron to the solvent. For the canonical pyrimidines, in addition to UIC 10 to 50% of the UV excited molecules decay to a lowest NP star state that lasts 10 to 150 picoseconds before decaying to the ground state or undergoing intersystem crossing. This is responsible for triplet yields of up to a few percent of the pyramidin's bases. Importantly, the excess energy provided by UV photon can still pose a treat to the nuclear bases 
of the UIC, which converts the electronic energy into excess vibrational energy in the electronic ground state. In collision-free conditions, in a gas phase, the excess energy eventually results in fragmentation. In solution, the surrounding environment provides a means for a vibrationally hot solute to cool down by transferring its excess energy to the solvent molecules. Interestingly, the fastest VCA rate is observed in water, the environment in which all biological reactions take place. The solute-solvent hydrogen bonds enable direct intermolecular energy transfer within the high-frequency solute and solvent vibrational modes, for example, from the NH stretching of the hot nuclear basis to the OH stretching and or bending of its own of H2O, thereby increasing the speed of energy dispersal. An increasing number of theoretical studies have modelled the non-radiative decay pathways in nuclear bases and their derivatives. The best comparison with the highest level quantum computations is achieved with experiments on bases that are isolated in the gas phase. Such experiments lack effects from the hydrogen bonded solvent but can reveal intrinsic properties of the chromophore. The picture that emerges is their dynamics depends very strongly on the potential energy landscape and thus on molecular structure. This dependence derives from the fact that canonical intersections where the energies of two electronic states become degenerate can exist only at molecular geometries that differ from the ground state equilibrium geometry. In other words, a CI always involves a deformation of the molecular frame as illustrated for adenine. Two major motifs govern fast internal conversion in nuclear bases, pyramidization in C2 for purines and deformation of the C5 double bond C6 bond in pyramidines, most forming CIs between the PP star and NP star states, or directly with the ground state. Other less dominant pathways include coupling with a P sigma star state, for example via the N9H coordinating purines. Figure 6 illustrates how excited state lifetimes which are governed by DCIs can differ by orders of magnitude for closely related structures. A striking example is the difference between the isomers adenine and 2-aminopurine. The former does not fluorescence on the latter does, while its excited state lifetime is further affected by hydrogen bonding in solution. This exquisite structure dependence even manifests itself in large excited state lifetime differences between tautomers. Excited state lifetimes depend on the absorption wavelength, especially when barriers exist on the trajectory towards ACI. When measured well above such barriers, the excited state lifetime may be short, while it can be significantly longer following excitation close to or below the barrier. 
Thus, it is possible for compounds to be well protected against UV for the chemical damage, except for a small range of wavelengths in the UV spectrum. The high spectral resolution and totemer selectivity in the gas phase make it possible to investigate these effects in great detail. Dark states can typically be accessed in gas phase experiments by delaying ionization, also allowing measurement of their lifetimes. For pyramidins, only long-lived state is often observed. Likely a triplet state that is populated within picoseconds via NP star way state. Lotweiler and co-workers have shown the quantum yield for populating the cytosine triplet state falls drastically with increasing excitation energy because the internal conversion channel becomes dominant when the exciting above the barrier to the CI safely diffusing the electronic excitation again. The aqueous solution with the nuclear bases are hydrogen bonded to the solvent excited state lifetimes are generally somewhat shorter but the same trends are clearly observed. It is suggested that the CIs operating in the gas phase are also responsible for the ultra-short lifetimes observed in aqueous solution. To date, most experiments have been conducted with excitation close to 260 nm near the peak absorption by the nuclear bases and work at additional excitation wavelengths is needed. At much shorter wavelengths, electronic transitions of rubos can eventually be excited, although the absorption cross-sections tend to still be very small compared to the aromatic nuclear base down to the 200 nanometer wavelength cutoff that is thought to describe the early atmosphere. In contrast to the nearly barrierless access to CIs in canonical nuclear bases, chemical modification usually results in modifications of the potential energy landscape in ways that frustrate their rapid internal conversion. This change in the excited state dynamics is caused either by the occurrence of energetic barriers between the FC region and the CIs, or by changes in relative potential energies of the states involved, modifying or eliminating CIs. Such barriers arise because the modifications inhibit or restrict the torsional motion responsible for UIC, thereby lengthening the excited state lifetimes. For example, N7 protonated guanosine exhibits a barrier on the S1 surface, which leads to an excited state lifetime of approximately 200 picoseconds, or nearly 500 times longer lived than its deprotonated biologically relevant form. The presence of barriers on S1-PES is well supported experimentally and theoretically for a variety of structurally modified purine and pyrimidine bases. As one example, the minor DNA base 5-methylcytosine has a tenfold longer excited state lifetime than cytosine and is a hot spot for photodamage. The generally short excited state lifetimes measured for the canonical compared to the modified nuclear bases 
strongly suggest that the building blocks of life were selected for, for in part because of their UV hardness. While the canonical bases are generally distinguished from many modified bases by their ultra-short excited state lifetimes, some alternative bases also exhibit ultra-fast excited state dynamics. Recent FSTA experiments have revealed that several exanthine derivatives compounds that are chemically similar to the pure nucleobases decay to the electronic ground state via UIC without trapping to any optically dark state. The S1 lifetime of hypoxanthine, for example, is 130FS and the shortest excited state lifetimes measured for any nucleobases. Several studies have proposed the hypoxanthine, xanthine and its methylated derivatives may have been important RNA precursors, giving their base pairing versatility. 8-oxo-7-8-dehydro-2-prime-deoxyguanosine, an oxidative product of guanosine, is also of prebiotic interest. The excited state lifetime of 8-oxo-deguanine is just another one picosecond. Highly efficient UIC in these modified purines suggest that they may be just as photostable as the canonical purines, and the genetic code could have once included a larger number of bases. Excited state deactivation in single and double stranded DNA. The intrinsic resistance of the canonical bases to photodamage suggests that they could have accumulated the more significant concentrations than less photostable molecules in UV-exposed environments. But does their photostability extend to oligomers? Remarkably, excited state lifetimes in single and double-stranded DNA are two to three orders of magnitude longer than in nucleobase monomers. This indicates that P stacking and hydrogen bonding interactions present in these higher order structures profoundly influence the excited state decay mechanism. Figure 7 shows FSTA signals for the single nucleotides AMP and GMP alongside the signal recorded from the denucleotide in which the adenine and guanine are base stacked. It is clear that P-stacking results in much slower decay. Some theoretical studies rationalize the longer excited state lifetimes in single and double-stranded DNA as steric hydrants imposed by flanking bases which impedes the out-of-play motions that facilitate UIC, but recently Experimental evidence suggests that the intimate contact between bases gives rise to fundamentally new decay channels that are absent in monomers. In single-stranded nuclear acids where only P-stacking is present, absorption of a UV photon initiates electron transfer EET from a nuclear base to its P-stacked neighbor within the first picosecond. 
The resulting charge transfer CT excited state resembles a pair of radical ions with opposite charges. These radical ions are formed in high yields. In some cases, the quantum yield approaches unity, and they persist for tens to hundreds of picoseconds. Their long lifetimes are seemingly at odds with the required photostability. However, the tightly bound radical cation and anion ensure high efficient charge recombination CR, averting any permanent damage such as deprotonation or protonation at a carbon atom. In double strands, nuclear bases are joined by hydrogen bonds and the role of these base pairs in excited state deactivation has been of great interest. Similar theoretical studies propose the interstand proton transfer PT triggered by interstranded ET takes place in single base pairs of electronic excitation. Aborizic and others observe different excited state lifetimes for different base pairs in the gas phase with the Watson Creek GC base pair deactivating the fastest. The distinct photostability of the biologically relevant base pair motif reflects hydrogen bonding selectivity and may have served as a rudimentary recognition mechanism. Recognition by hydrogen bonding could have been an added benefit of UV photoprotective functionality afforded the first molecules to incorporate these interactions. While recognition may not be sufficiently restrictive on its own, as is evident from the large number of non-natural base pairs that can form, the combination of desirable recognition and photostability properties may limit molecular possibilities. This may have acted to narrow the field of prebiotic polymers. The presence of both P-stacking and hydrogen bonding in double-stranded DNA leads to even more complex decay pathways. The interplay between these two non-covalent interactions in DNA-excited state, the activation has been the source of much debate. On the one hand, Crespo, Hernandez and others proposed that P-stacking controls the excited state dynamics in a fashion identical to the intrasound ET observed in single strands. On the other hand, Boucher and others suggested that the activation in base pairs is more important than intrastrand decay pathways. Recent combined experimental and computational studies revealed that both P-stacking and hydrogen bonding must be taken into account. These studies suggest that ultra-strand EET and UV-excited duplexes create a contact radical ion pair that in most cases initiates PET in the radical anion base pair. According to these mechanisms, Absorption of a single photon can modify three bases in two stacked base pairs. The separated charges combine on a picosecond time scale and harmful excess energy is effectively dissipated. The short distance 3.5 Armstrong between successive stacked bases and the short lifetimes of excited states of single bases 
predisposed DNA for short range protein use ET reactions. Furthermore, within the time scale of recombination, the charge separated excited states may provide additional functionality, a possibility explored in the next section. Nucleobase assemblies and the biological functionalization of excited states. Deactivating excited electronic states as rapidly as possible promotes photostability, but precludes the use of these states for biological functions. Just as radical enzymes use highly reactive radicals to accomplish difficult chemical transformations, nature uses potential reactive excited electronic states to accomplish diverse functions that include photosynthesis, signaling, sensing, light-induced damage repair and vision. As we suggest in this section, some molecular architectures made from photostable building blocks are well poised to functionalize excited states. We propose that the appearance of coupled chromophores in nuclear-based multimers provided safe ways to co-opt dangerous excited states for other purposes. Excited electronic states in nucleic acids can accomplish what Cockell and Aero referred to as electronic biochemistry. Combining photostable building blocks into oligomers and polymers creates emergent photoproperties that can lead to new biological functions for example, light-induced ligation of shorter single-stranded multimers can provide a route to non-enzymatic polymerization. In addition, CD states in DNA can lead to long-range charge transport and may provide a rationale for early molecular signaling processes. Recently, Growing evidence suggests that CT states participate in the self-repair of DNA photolesions. For example, CT interactions between the cyclobutene, pyrimidine dimer, CPD, and redox-active species such as guanine, G-quadruplexes, and oxidatively damaged bases are suggested to be responsible for photo-initiated DNA self-repair. Boucher and others reported that photo-induced CT states with specific nucleobase sequences can lead to DDNA self-repair of CPDs. Importantly, this repair process is observed under UVC radiation wavelengths that are largely attenuated by ozone today. This hints at how the early self-replicating molecules may have alleviated damage caused by UVR without complex enzymes. A high percentage of modern enzymes employ redox cofactors to perform redox reactions because the amino acids are insufficiently redox active. The nucleobases generally have even lower redox activity than the amino acids and this fact makes redox transformations particularly challenging to implement in an RNA-based world. An elegant solution to the problem of redox activity during prebiotic times was suggested recently by Cynthia Burroughs and co-workers. They proposed 
that oxidatively damaged nuclear bases could have acted as electron donors needed for redox chemistry. For example, guanine is the most easily oxidized nuclear base, but it is still a relatively poor electron donor, especially for thermal chemistry. Guanosine is readily oxidized to 8 oxodg, and this modified nucleoside is a significantly better electron donor than the parent compound. Burroughs and co-workers showed that photooxidation of an 8-oxodg place near CPD in single and double DNA strands can repair the photolesion. The proposed mechanism, illustrated in Figure 9, is analogous to CPD repair by the phospholase enzyme which makes use of a flavine cofactor. Interestingly, the cofactor flavin adenine dinucleotide FAD consists of an isoaloxanzine moiety jointed to a nuclear base adenine. It is possible that adenine was the original light absorber of the ancient Earl when UVC fluxes were higher than today and the longer wavelength absorbing isoaloxazine as a later absorption. According to Burroughs and co-workers, photoinduced ET from 8-oxodiguanine to the CPD reducedly cleaves the cyclobutane ring and back ET restores the original electron donor and the original pyrimidine basis. Although all steps in the proposed mechanism have yet to be observed, a recent study of an 8-oxodiguanine containing dinucleotide demonstrated that this modified nuclear base transfers an electron to a neighboring base in response to photooxidation. Other oxidatively modified nucleosides, such as 5-hydroxy-2-prime-deoxycytidine and 5-hydroxy-2-prime-deoxyuridine, are also hypothesized to repair CPDs. Closing comments. In this perspective, we have emphasized the role of photochemical degradation in shaping prebiotic chemical inventories, beginning with the striking observation that the naturally occurring nucleobases have rates of non-radiative decay that are nearly maximal for organic compounds of their size. The nucleobases appear to be well suited to withstand high UVC fluxes on the ancient Earth and may have been present at the earliest times. The importance of UV hardness for molecular survival suggests that excited state properties should also be given weight when it comes to identifying prebiotic molecules of interest. Furthermore, understanding how organic molecules achieve photostability both in isolation and in complex molecular assemblies will provide insight into molecular motifs that might be signatures of life elsewhere in the universe. New excited state relaxation mechanisms arise in DNA strands and base pairs which may have led to new functions based on the photophysics of complex assemblies made from photostable building blocks. 
the developing story of DNA self-repair suggests that the first redox activity may have been photoredox activity. Efforts to better understand the spatial photophysics and photochemistry of DNA are expected to further reach discussions of life's origins. We have not addressed the many challenges to synthesizing the RNA-DNA nucleobases in this article. We also wish to note that the critical chemical evolution that led to significant quantities of nucleobases on Earth may not have taken place on Earth at all. The appearance of biologically relevant organic molecules in carbonous chondrites is often invoked as evidence for an extraterrestrial origin of life. Experiments on interstellar ice analogues and modeling of ice grains in the solar nebula suggests that UV radiation could have led to complex mixtures of organic species. The accumulation of organics is only possible if the rates of UV synthesis exceeds those of UV destruction. UV-tested molecules synthesized in extraterrestrial conditions could have been among the most abundant organic species delivered to the early Earth. In this case, the photoproperties of the nucleobases may not be a legacy of UV-rich environments on the early Earth, but may have originated instead in extraterrestrial environments such as the solar nebula. Regardless of where their synthesis takes place, their legacy photoproperties are a strong indication of the lasting influence of UVC photochemistry. Thank you for listening. If you have any suggestions or article in mind that you would like to listen to, please follow me on Twitter, Pub Breathing, and let's connect.